Hello, welcome back to the Inside City podcast. Uh, it's me, Shane Burns, and again I'm joined by the wonderful Walter Smith. Mr. Positivity. Walter, how are you, mate? <laughs> Every City fan should be positive at the moment. That's all I can say. It's not been a bad all week in uh, City World. At the, with, again, two another two victories, one on penalties, but plenty of transfer news going around. The one downside being David Silva, but we'll get around and chat all about that. Start off with the Spurs game last week, mate. How did you enjoy it? I thought it was uh, it was one of them performances which was just dominant again. We just seemed to come up against um, our so-called rivals, and literally, it's a vulgar display of power. We just go in and brush them aside, and not really struggle while we're brushing them. Do you know what I mean? It's just a vulgar display of power, as I said. I thought. From, from the front to the back, from the goalkeeper to the front, I thought, wonderful. I couldn't argue with it. The atmosphere in the stadium was rocking as well. Yeah, no, I have to have to agree. And we did a podcast last week, and um, I remember saying to you that it was the first game where I was quite confident that we, there would be no slip-ups on since Everton, so I was kind of slightly worried with that one. But um, overall, it was, a, it was a game... I literally... What, I, how do you say this? I had no no fear. I enjoyed the game, every moment of the game. And normally I'm a bit tense, and I'm sure many blues are. I'm normally intense, uptight, a bit angry. You know, go through the whole emotions. But last week, it just for the full ninety minutes, it just I literally enjoyed every single moment of it. It was truly, truly fantastic. Um, there was nothing, there was nothing about that game that was anything but positive, or it just it was. It was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, so complete, everything. And as you said, the atmosphere in the stadium was was bouncing. Everybody just seems so on the right key at the moment. It's yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a lovely, lovely game to watch. Well, I don't know. It's uh, whether it's just leading up to Christmas, but the bars were absolutely hammered before the game. The bars were hammered at half time, and I'm sure the bars were hammered after the game as well. Uh, the Blues just seemed, the whole crowd just seemed completely up for it. Now, I know Pep called for that, so whether that's got anything to do with it, I'm not quite sure. People are actually buying into it now. Um, I think with the victory in the derby as well, you know what I mean? Blues are starting to believe, you mm. know what I mean? That, that, that's the sort of difference. Pep's instilling this belief. Um, I mean, I was watching the game there, and I'm sure we're going to dig down deep into it. And I know the plaudits all gave man of the match to Kevin De Bruyne. Rightly my so. My man of the match was uh, Edison. Yeah. I mean, what that man, he's like a, I'm trying to think of the name, what the missile guiding systems. <laughs> you know, the, the, it doesn't matter if the player's 10 yards away, 70 yards away, he can ping a ball in a certain, without getting a lot of height on it, he can just ping these balls to who, wherever he actually wants. He does what he wants. How unusual is it as well that we were so dominant, um, so so much in control, um, that we... That, and you have a very valid point by saying that Ederson is man of the match, but normally a man of the match for a goalkeeper is somebody who's just strung 15, 16 saves and, you know, just put the opposition had literally one of them days. But it was... It, the, man, the man of the match were going for this time would be for quite an attacking performance which is a really weird thing to say and it but it was 
I agree. I totally agree with what you say. There's a very good argument for that. Um, like that pass to was it to Sterling? Sterling. Oh my good God! I mean, it's it's weird the way he does it as well because it's not like it's a it's a long ball over the top or it's a pass on the ground or whatever. It's just like an arrow, a lit an arrow which just seems to go so far, but it I don't know it glides through the air or something. But right, this the beginning of the game, mate. There was um. I don't want to speculate either. Certainly don't want to speculate because we don't. Neither of us or a lot of people don't know what is actually going on. But were you worried when the lineup came out and there was no um, David Silva? And for anybody who doesn't know, I'm sure most of you all do know David Silva has been out for the last week, um, and we don't know when he's going to return due to personal reasons. People have been speculating online whether he was being sick, that it's his family or whatever. And the truth is, very few people no, know. No. And nobody's gonna, and even if they do know, nobody's gonna speculate, as in the sense. Well, nobody... I, I personally think the club, the club dropped a ball up there. I mean, at the end of the day, they could have just turned around and said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," it felt a twinge. Yeah. And that's it. And you know, what that would have done is that would have stopped all this speculation. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Fans, fans from City or fans, you know, not even fans, just dickheads on Twitter wouldn't have been spouting out all kinds of, you know, from anything to anything. And I think if the club had just said, yeah, 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 he felt his hamstring was a bit tight. So, you know, he's one of our best players. We would have loved to have played him, but, you know, we'll need him later on in the season. And, you know, they could have, if he's, if he's gone somewhere, you know, he's been spotted in Spain, well, of course, that's his doctor and that's the one he likes to go to. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wouldn't have been hard to just, yeah. but more for his sake rather than, any, anybody else, you know, and I just thought, as I said, the club dropped a ball up there, you know, it's, um, I mean, I saw Gundogan come in, but to be honest, what I'm noticing with him is, he's the one player that's starting to say, he's knocking on the door, yeah, and he's he's got the biggest door to knock as well, you know what I mean, yeah. he's got to try and get in front of Silver, he's got to try and get in front of De Bruyne, or that sort of similar position, and... He's, he's knocking and he's knocking louder. So I wasn't overly concerned about that. I just thought, all the best for Silver. Yeah. You know, let's just uh, carry it on. Yeah. And we were talking about Aderson and this idea of him. He was my man of the match. The, the whole point is, as a team now, I'm looking at us and our first defender is either Aguero or Jesus and our first attacker is Edison. Mm. If you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. we are just—it's uh, that whole team spirit, and it's as I said, that's how it starts for me. Was I worried about the lineup? No. Do you? Just a final note on Silva as well as that. Whatever has happened or is happening, wish you all the best. And fans online who are like saying that we need to know, nobody needs to know nothing. When he's back, he's back, and whatever is. I hope David has a happy Christmas and wishing the best and whatever it was. Anyway. Um, just going on what you what you were saying about uh, Gundogan coming into the side, I have to agree totally what you say there because um, he's he showed it against Spurs and okay we didn't know at the time but also we'll talk about Leicester as well. He's the one that he's that that is banging on that door that is, but you can see it in him. The rust is slowly getting away. He's getting more game time in his legs and people kick off about him playing and I know people fans on Twitter and I know we keep referring to it but. 
people kick off about him playing and that he's rusty and he's not the same player and he's injury prone and etc 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 but he's a, he is world class when he get when he's get going and he's starting to get going again exactly like he did last season he's starting to lose that rust he's starting to control games dominate games and the thing about him is as well he's he's far more intelligent than 90 99% of footballers in the premier league and his vision That's not hard. yeah well yeah but his Football intelligence <laughs> His, vi- his vision and everything on the pitch and is he's on the same level as in he's on the same intelligence wise he's on the same wavelength as Silva De Bruyne you know Sane all this the, the link up in chemistry is is pretty there is it's pretty obvious and it's there to be seen and you could see that well, I, I, I saw him play for Dortmund and it was Dortmund didn't win that night and I have no idea yeah, how yeah, 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 yeah. and he was phenomenal midfield you know, master he Very, very true. Um, his goal, <laughs> his goal was different. He won't score many of them like that again. Um, his goal came first ten minutes. were pretty dominant. Uh, if there's one way I thought we were going to score this weekend, it wasn't through going to do nodding the ball in from a corner. Anyway, do you think that his? Um, do you think that the that the confidence he'll get from that goal is will elevate him to that extra level? And again, I know we have we'll speak about it, but. You could kind of see confidence in him again against Leicester. I don't know whether it's due to the goal or whether the ring rust coming off his legs. Or what do you think about that? Well, is it Martin Perial was talking about the idea that he's going to need twenty games to get absolutely up to speed. I mean, I know City fans have always chanted uh, "fans of the invisible man," but he, Tottenham wasn't a scene. He just kind of walked <laughs> and in. I just I was laughing my head off. Um, He'll come. I mean, the thing is, he'll come good because he's quality. Mm. And with it, with the quality, also with him, as I said, I thought he looked good against Leicester because he was one of the most senior players, and he sort of stepped up to the plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, he, he's showing what he can do more and more, and he's one of those players who can keep. I mean, he, he didn't cost a lot either. Twenty-one. I mean, he was playing in. Twenty-one million well, pounds. Twenty-one million. Well, if he was playing in the Tottenham side, I've no doubt he'd been their best midfielder. Yeah, and that's true. And it, the that whole first half performance, I think, was orchestrated by him and and uh, De Bruyne as well. And I know De Bruyne will get the credit, and absolutely deservedly so, because he was on a different level. But Gundawan as well did a lot of the work. A lot of the he was also equally as creative at times as uh, the same as De Bruyne. And, it was they completely dominated Winks and Dembele. And Dembele is quite physical and, and strong, but that whole first half performance, neither of them two could get anywhere near our two. And because you can be as strong as you want to be, but if you can't get near people, no. then your strength really doesn't count for much. I've got to give a big shout out to, to Leroy. I'm just sure that Carl Walker pulled him aside and said, See how the Tottenham fans? He said, This lad here was better than me. Right, don't, don't, don't you worry, Kyle. Albert how good? Uh, how good was he, mate? How good, especially in that first half, was he against Trippier? Well, he just put the burners on, and I mean, I was laughing my head off because I was just sat there looking at, and you could see Trippier for the first five minutes he was confident, and then he just got absolutely burned, and you're thinking you could see this expression in his face that he was 
literally shitting Spurs bricks, if you yeah. know what I mean. He was sort of thinking, I can't handle this player. He, he could beat me over two yards. He can absolutely steam me over 50. Yeah. So if he knocks the ball past me and runs, I'm looking like a mug. And you could see that from Trippier's sort of uh, body language, his whole facial expression. I thought it was great. <laughs> what did what did you um make of that overall that first half performances? Um any key players stand out or anybody not stand out? And also I want your thoughts on the uh Otamendi not red card that could have been a red card that maybe wasn't a red card. Well, I I'll, I'll jump straight in on the red card really. I mean the whole team performed well and it could, I'm not saying it could have been ten. But it certainly could have been three or four quite yeah. easily in that first half. The thing I don't like about Otamendi's, I'm not sure it is a red card, but you're still giving the referee a decision to make. And by doing that, we could have been down to ten men. Would you have you know complained I mean? if he was sent off, though? No. <laughs> no, no, no. To me, it wasn't. There was nothing malicious in it. He's, he's literally just gone to try to kick the ball, and Kane stuck his head in. It's, it's, What's the difference I mean, in that and Mane, way. though, mate? What's the difference? Oh, for God. Mane's was a full flying karate kick. Studs up. He went out to absolutely... He could have blinded the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the, the guy's getting taken and stretched it off, and people are like, oh, my God. But, you know, people are, are genuinely concerned for Edison's welfare. With Kane, it was like, all right. You know, it, it, it wasn't... There wasn't the power in it, there wasn't yeah. the, the maliciousness in it, there wasn't the angle in it, there wasn't the studs in it. So, the thing that annoyed me most is Otamendi gave the referee a decision to make, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, fair point, fair point. And you feel, do you feel that our first half performances, we should have, or the first half performance in general, that we should have gone in with a second goal? Because I thought we were completely dominant over Spurs. And the only time Spurs, I wouldn't even put the shit up me, but. That first half, the the, set, the first ten minutes of the second half is when they came out, and they kept the ball really, really well. They quite, they're pre, I'm pretty sure the first the first ten minutes they had like it was seventy percent possession, and I know overall it doesn't count for much, and that's the only time that they had uh, quite a hole on the game. But for me, that first half performance, we should have gone in at least two goals up, at least two goals up, because we were so much better than them in every department. Yeah, but we didn't so, know that at the time. <laughs> and we, all, we always, I, I don't know what it is about us, but for me, 90% of the games, we play better in the second half anyway. So, I wasn't, you know, we've, we've stretched teams out, they're knackered and we just push on. So, no, I, I wasn't concerned, I just thought 1-0, it could be more, should be more, but we're in a position here to get three points and we normally play better in the second half anyway, so... You know, I, mean, I was just chilled, or like, just enjoying it, having a half-time half time pipe, so... So, fair enough, and it just touched on there, Spurs' I don't want to call it domination, because, alright, it was domination of the football, it wasn't domination of chances, I think the only chance they had really would have been uh, Kane's shot from distance that was spectacularly oversaved by a Terson, I think, but that was it. The first major talking point of that second half, and I want to get your uh, thoughts on this one, because for me, this doesn't sit comfortably with me, and also I feel the decision kind of changed the game as well in the benefit of City, and that was um, Sergio Aguero coming off. His little 
do you know what I am? I'm gonna call it a tantrum because I didn't like the fact he chose his his uh, gloves to the floor. And I get the get the whole thing that you know, okay, he should at least he shows he cares, but he's also uh, getting building a rod for his own back by doing this. And it's no surprise speculation came out this week afterwards. And to me, there's some bit of truth in that, but that's another story. Um, what was your thoughts on first the substitute the substitution? Second, his performance in the first half, and thirdly, it had the impact of Jesus. So I think you're wrong. Um, quite a new, on numerous occasions, there. If a football is getting whipped off after that time, I think Pep. I mean, I'm always absolutely 100% speculating, but I think Pep said to him, "Look, you're not doing as I told you, and if you don't, if you carry on like this, I'm going to whip you off." And he's just thought, gone right, okay. And he's still not done as he's told him. He's went, right, I'll whip you off. I mean, that's something. They're both grown-up boys. You need to have a chat. Do you know what I mean? I thought, and the other thing is, the decision that changed the game, and I know we're going to go on to it, with Deli Ali's just absolute disgusting, awful, over-the-top malicious tackle. Because that's what De Bruyne just said, basically, F you. Um, and he just went up and you could see him. He had a couple of plays he was going to pass to and he thought, no, I'm just going to welly this as hard as I could. Luis got his hand to it. He just went... It just nearly took his hand off <laughs> and bent his wrist back. And he was like, right. And that's the best way to hurt opponents, not to go over the top like that. It's to score against them and just show them how inferior that they actually are. Am I concerned about Aguero? No. You know, how can you be concerned when we keep winning? Yeah, I, can't. I get that, but you gotta at the end of the day, you gotta accept the reality of of if certain players are performing or not, and he's not performing, he's not at all. See, I just well, the thing I don't understand, the difference I don't get is I was there at Swansea, and every time he got the ball, he turned and ran at the yeah, yeah. the goal, and I looked at the two centre halves for Tottenham, and it was it literally they were in a granny race. So I thought, yeah, I was quite happy when I saw him there because I thought he'd have the beating of them running at him. And I've not seen him quite do that since. Um, yeah, I mean, what we can do is we can really nitpick and start making mountains out of molehills and start worrying about Aguero at the moment. I'm not worried at all. I just think we keep winning games, give him his opportunity. If he doesn't take it, get Jesus on. Right, OK. Well, I, I disagree because I find that his performances of late, with the, with the exception of Swansea, quite... Quite worrying, and the fact okay, the news came out this week as well that he's been playing through injury, and okay, fair enough, benefit of doubt, and all that. But it just, it, I thought he, I thought his performance in the first half was a bit stinky. He was the one, um, he was the one that was was poor out of the whole team, in my opinion, and he didn't quite have that impact that Jesus brought when he came on because when Jesus came on, he kept coming deep, and him coming deep kept bringing. Bringing the spur, I don't, I don't know why, but the spur, the two Spurs central defenders were attracted to him and kept following him into midfield, which was leaving more, even more space for Sane, Sterling, and also De Bruyne to latch onto. Which the second goal came from his, his um, his, his movement and his coming deep, which I thought was fantastic, and he did change the game. He played again against Leicester though on Wednesday, and he was, he was shocking. So I think our strikers at the minute are somewhat out of form and a bit inconsistent, but. Yeah, for for me, I didn't like it. And he okay, we're used to all this, and we're used to the 
you know, tantrums and right, he's gone, you know, somebody, there's reports of him the next stage or having a medical at Madrid in January and all this sort of stuff. I get all that, but I just feel that given his history or his uncertainty with Guardiola and everything that's going on, I just, I didn't, I didn't like it because it wasn't as if he was undeserving of, of being pulled off, to be quite honest. Jesus came on it was about 10 minutes afterwards um, I don't know I thank, just thank God he isn't seriously injured out of it but Deli Ali's challenge was absolutely despicable um, it was late and I do strongly feel that it was knowing knowing the character not personally obviously but knowing the character it was probably intentional it was probably aimed at um, causing it some sort of impact on De Bruyne but there can surely be no debate that that was a sending off. Well, to me, Kane should have gone as well. Uh, I just think um, Kane's on Sterling's was despicable as well. So you're looking at the two of them. The two of them should have seen red. And I think if it weren't for the fact that they're seen as stars within the FA and they seem to be dead certain for England, I think both of them would have walked. I think if that had been if that had been a city player doing either one of them, I'd have had absolutely no complaints about them walking. And what I would do is I also wouldn't trust them in a big game either, because they saw their ass because they were getting the, the, their team was getting spanked. And if it comes to a stage of a quarter final in Russia and England are getting spanked, they're only going to let the side down by pulling in challenges like that. But do you... the World Cup referee would have no qualms about sending either of them players off the challenges like that. But do you really think that... Um, I don't think the referee was poor in his decision of Kane because if you actually look at it, he didn't see it. Um, he had his back to him and he instantly turned around and it just seemed to happen into the challenge then. He didn't actually see what 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 um, had occurred. But... That well, is... then it, what, what a farce that makes is the FA regulations where if you get a yellow... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the FA representative on the pitch has actually... Because I remember when Aguero against West Ham and that it splashed all over... Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. ...until he got yeah, a man. Yeah. And that's one of the problems with this country is you get trialled by the media. Yeah. Um, the media isn't going to do a witch hunt on Kane or Ali. Yeah, no, that, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. And both challenges for me were, were, dis, were disgraceful. Um, I'm genuinely not sure about the, the Kane on Sterling being intentional. Um, I think that it was it was still a red card, but I'm not sure he actually meant to. To to. It was a bad. One. It was. I, I, not not to my analysis, but Ali's for me was um was just a, a disgrace, man. It was an absolute disgrace. Um, 
he didn't let it impact him anyway, did he? He showed no, uh, no ill effect. Ninety seconds later, with that second goal, and uh, for me, that's one. Of, I don't, I don't know why, but that's one of my favorite goals we scored this season. Oh, my favorite, one of my favorites was the last one because Lloris is awful. <laughs> and, and you know, he gets picked up. Honestly, the last few times we've seen him, I mean, he was, he was awful. His kicking was poor. His handling was poor. His shot stopping was poor. Honestly, it was like the ghost of Bravo he seems... just landing in the Tottenham team. He was poor, top to bottom. Everything about his game was poor. He seems to always play poorly against us. In fairness, Sydney last season as well, he dropped two clangers for for um, City score the two all, the infamous two all. I love the way he just Sterling finished it off. You could just <laughs> see him running in, and it was like, here we go. Tidy. And, you know, he third goal as well was uh, was a very nice team move in fact it came from De Bruyne brushing off Dembele laid it on to Gundawan who threw to Sane I've seen Sane and I was like shoot 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 laid it across in comes Sterling again and people will see that as just a tap in from Sterling whatever but that's quite clever um, that's good movement that's good awareness that knowing knowing your teammates more importantly because he scores too many of those type of goals for them to be just um Coincidence, and again, he it was it, it rounded off another beautiful, beautiful team goal. And at that stage, it was just I was like, yes, cigars well, out, brandies out. Gary Lineker is considered one of the greatest ever English strikers, and he's held up, you know, on a, on a pedestal. And he was, but he was a tapping merchant. There's nothing wrong with it. You're there, and you've got the intelligence. And Raheem Sterling is an incredibly intelligent player for finding space. I've not seen anything quite like him at City, but we've just been in the right place at the right time yeah. on a consistent basis. That's him. Do you know, and that's not, as you say, it's not coincidence. That's an art and a skill in itself. And long may it continue. You know, people say, oh, I'm not bothered if he doesn't score a goal outside. If he gets 30 goals this year and every single one of them's a yard off the line, I really don't care. No, the way, they all count the same either, <laughs> either way, you know, yeah. so... You um, get a goal and a half from... It's not like basketball, you know, we get your three-pointers. Who cares? Let's, um... Let's just mention uh, Gundawan for... Or not Gundawan, Mangala for a second. Um... Were you? Did you feel that his that it was a it was another strong performance from him, or did you feel that it was the collective around him that was that made him excel as well, or showed limited flaws in his in his game? It's a bit of both in terms of if you say to Mangala, "There's Harry Kane, go mark him." The guy's incredible. Yeah. You know, you say there's Zlatan, go mark him. You know, somebody who hasn't got the pace to burn. There's Diego Costa. Go sit on him. Go mark him. I mean, I'm sure he follows him into the match zone after the game. It's sure he's trying to get into the uh, <laughs> changing room, going, oh, no, the boss has told me to stick with him. You know, he, he literally, as a defender, and he will excel at another club where he is told to defend. The, what lets Mangala down is when the ball's at his feet, Guardiola wants 
so much more from his defenders, and he's not up to that task, mm-hmm. as it were. But as an actual defender, I don't. I, I think he'll go. If, he, if Crystal Palace had bought him right at the death, their fans would love him because he can do the job of man marking someone or being a defensive unit. I mean, let's get it right. He was the one that covered uh, Edison's. Uh, on the third attempt to after you know it hit his face well, my, my man yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah so, yeah yeah the, the guy can defend yeah. it's just Guardiola wants so much more from his players yeah, no, it's a fair point, and uh, I, I'm I'm not going to say that it was this that or the other thing that helped Mangala because um, against Spurs he was fantastic, and we'll, we'll get on to Leicester now in just a second. He was brilliant against Leicester. Uh, he held his own. There was no mistakes in him. Just by his passing, if I am going to uh, make, if I am going to be honest, but I'm look. You can slate the guy all we want, but at the minute he's doing. You have to admire him in a sense. He come back for literally from the dead. He knows he's not everyone's fit. Fa- he knows he's not a crowd favourite, never going to be. He knows he has people on the edge, but he's in there, he's doing a job, he looks high in confidence, and his his attitude's been fantastic. It really has been fantastic, and credit to the guy, and I do wish him all the best after City. Um, except when he's playing. Except when he's playing us, <laughs> of course. Um, Walter, out of 10, what would you give that performance against Spurs? And who, I, I, would you still stand by Aderson as your man of the match? Have you seen that? Um, I was watching uh, Monday Night Football with Carragher and Neville and Terry. And yeah, John Terry. And uh, they, they were dissecting Edison's performance. And I'm just sat there watching, getting their appreciation of it as well. I would see the two-minute clip highlights, but then I saw this as well. Mm. And they were absolutely gushing. And yeah, I don't know what it was. Was it brought it home to me? Tottenham pressed us really high. So he just went, right, okay. Bang. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and it, it, made, it made a mockery of the high press. And if you're, if you're a player from an opposition and you're running your arse off into the ground and you're there next minute, you know, it's just getting ding, ding, ding. How demoral. I mean, that's probably why Kane went in and Deli Alley went in. Yeah. They were just getting absolutely outclassed. But how, so, how do you defend against us right now? I mean, literally. You can't. People, you can't I mean, because... People the are only way to defend against us is shut down the net for 45 minutes first half. You need a set of players at the back, uh, like the Stones of this world. Keep the ball. Pass around our press. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. The front and just keep knocking it and knocking it and knocking it. That was the best, um, now you mentioned it, that's Shakhtar first 45 minutes. I'm not going to say the best team performance we've played so far, but they were the best at nullifying what we do so far this season, I think, because everyone else we've we've put we've been able to impose our style of play on. Even Napoli, I wasn't all that impressed with Napoli over the two legs. Um, oh, I wasn't. I really didn't see that, all the hype about it. I, I Shakhtar Donetsk really surprised surprised me and shocked me, and um, they were kind of like Spurs were in that first ten minutes of the second half, but they were they they looked. There's no. No, no. To knock it around with that kind of speed, no. that kind of accuracy, and also have the bottle to do that. Because yeah. if you make a balls up with that, we're straight on top of you. Yeah. We're straight on top of your goal. So I don't think there's anybody in England. I mean, uh, you could argue the Real Madrid of this world might be able to do it if they suss that out. True. True. Right. We had another game this week as well. Um, 
Leicester, quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. Too many supporters for my liking are getting rid of this competition as if it's a nothing and it's actually a hindrance. And it's, to be honest, it's winding me up because... You say that, Shane, but if you look at the manager's attitude, and he's, let's get this right, he's set the tempo. Um, if you look at the manager's attitude, that's, that's he's sending in teams that are just about, I mean, and it would have gone out against Wolves, which was a lot more risky than Leicester was. Yeah. You know, it would have been, oh, well. And... Now we're at the semi-final. For stage, me, mate, no, it wouldn't. It for me, not really. Oh, like a trophy's a trophy, and this club was starved of it for so bloody long. And hoping we get knocked out so we don't have to play another game and we don't get another injury is like Christ no, Almighty. No, no, no. We're not saying it's, it's one of them where you send a team out and think, right, they should be able to. Hopefully, they'll cross the line. And um, in some respect, Shane, I would say that you're. I reckon if you talk to the youngsters who support City, you know, the, the guys who've never really known anything else but a decent City team. You lucky um, bastards. <laughs> but, but they've never had that starvation. And it's this idea of, well, here's the League Cup. But don't get me wrong, we went, went down to Wembley, went to Liverpool, played Liverpool, and it was absolutely fantastic. And we all enjoyed it. But at what cost later on? And Pep, Pep, Pep's there for the... And whether he's concerned about the FA Cup, but he's there for the Champions League and Premier League. If we, when United won the treble, I don't think many United fans were too fussed when they, they got something <laughs> out of the League Cup. They were last season when they won it and they won the almighty treble, didn't they? <laughs> well, i tell you what's funny. I was, I was driving down south and I was listening to the game and I was laughing my head off when they scored. And then I got to just past Bristol I pulled into a service station. There's a lot of Bristol City fans there, so I was shaking their hands and sort of like congratulating them. And then it came out that they've got us next. So I said, <laughs> <laughs> "So, I mean, I, I, I was, um, I think our mentality of, of that is slightly different. I, I see it as a, a competition now where we can throw in the youngsters, see what they've got, throw give these other players like them downward." He'd play fantastically in them. Give him an opportunity to knock loudly on the door of the first team. Um, don't get me wrong, if you get the Wembley, I'm definitely going. I'm going to the semi final. But it still doesn't have that buzz of winning. I, was going to say, I don't know what the buzz of winning the Champions League's like, but I can only imagine, but certainly in the Premier League. I get that. I, 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 I get that, and I understand that point of view. But for me, mate, and. I know people even older than me and older than you are going to be like, what? that's a lot of shit. But for me, I'd rather win this than the FA Cup. And the simple reason being is that this is over in February. It's a trophy in the cabinet. And the FA Cup, we could play the we could play the 17, 18-year-olds. Because let's face it, the FA Cup the last 10 years has become a, a hindrance to clubs in the top six seven and that might be arrogant or um or unnecessary for most but i feel that that's the way it's that's the road it's gone down now that it's uh, it has to make that magic cup yeah, feeling's gone you, you wait you wait till you get the bbc and they've got the rights to it and the bbc will be there giving it large about those, those three magic words or four magic words should i say uh, magic of the cup 
but it it's it's lost that magic it's lost that magic for me and I think that that's why I'm so like no it's a trophy now when if we took the FA Cup away I'm like all right so be it like I've I've we at least we got the League Cup out of it and if anything the League Cup's been more entertaining the last year the last couple of years than the FA Cup for yeah, for not just City but a very some of the youngsters here who are listening might not understand but I know when I was growing up. The idea of winning the FA Cup yeah, yeah, yeah. was every bit as it was. It was seen as an equal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If not, uh, if not, more important. Premier League, but the, the, the old first division. Yeah. It was seen as an equal to that. You know, you had the, the two cups, and that's why you got the Charity Shield because they were apparently the two best teams in the country. You know, they won the top two trophies. Um, uh, I can only go and look at it from Pep Guardiola's point of view, and Pep Guardiola. It sets the the tempo at our club, and he set the tempo of ah, you know, come see, come sap. You know, if we get through, we do. We don't, we don't. So that's breeds through the players that, who are selective, or breeds through the attitude of the players, and it also breeds through to the fans as well. Yeah, you know, fair enough, fair enough. And excuse me, uh, as you said that looking through the eyes of Guardiola and seeing him putting out a lot of kids, talking about that Leicester game. Was there any youngsters? In fact, was there anybody during that game that impressed you? What were your overall thoughts? Um, I just want to start it off just by saying that um, I'm, I'm a massive Aderson fan. Huge, huge, huge. His credit is so obvious and it's so bloody obvious that when Bravo comes in, you can see the difference. And yeah, he didn't do too much things wrong. But the only thing I would say is that it's just not different. You don't have that key to unlock the way Aderson does it, that extra little bit of firepower. Um that no, was no, that no, was one that was one big I mean, sighting for me that I could see. That was one big observation. I personally thought it was weird I was watching it, but I was also doing a couple of other things which isn't like me. So I was sort of watch I watched the highlights again strangely enough. But it didn't grip me now and, and that spread through Pep and the one youngster that did impress me when I looked at it was Tosin at the back. Really? He seemed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was. Um, he, he was knocking on the door to be getting ahead of Mangala. I thought he was the best of the youngsters. I'm not I know so sure Bolden, about that. Bolden was neat and tidy. Bolden's out for a couple of months. Bolden's done ligament damage yes, as well. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, Raheem was starved, really, of any service. Yeah. I think they're the place to come on at the moment rather I think than start games. Tom Daly and was then, quite impressive in midfield when he came on. His footwork and his, um, his I, I don't know, it was like power, raw power and strength. It was... It was different. He didn't look like somebody who was so neat and tidy on the ball for his physique and his attributes. I I I don't recall seeing him. I'm sure I have watched the when I I'm sure I have seen him when he has been playing for the youth, but I don't ever remember him standing out or anything like that. And I thought, in fact, he was the most impressive youngster. And I'm not too sure I agree with you about um, Tosin at the back. He he makes me a bit unnervy, and I don't know what it is. I don't think he did. I'll tell you what he did was he was passing through the lines, which Mangala doesn't seem to do. Um, it, was, it was a strange game because it seemed, seemed all up to the, the build-up and everything. You 
Brad Guardiola there who didn't seem fussed, but then he got the injustice at the end. Oh. Uh, I mean, he, he, he needs looking at. He needs, he needs banning anyway. But um, is that Andre Gray? Jamari Gray. Well, they haven't ba- they haven't banned him, and thankfully well, they haven't he, banned him because he, he can play he, against he, he United. Well, he can uh, <laughs> he can play against United on Saturday night now. Oh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so it was um, Guardiola sort of whole thing. But as soon as the eight minutes went up, you could see him sort of Guardiola thinking, "Hang on a minute, I want to send these youngsters out just to get a." To almost just put a, a notch in saying, oh, you've got um, a 13 debut. And then the next thing you know, got had eight minutes, then there was the dive, then there was the penalty, and then these youngsters that he sent on just to not put a, a notch on the bedroom post, as it were, they're playing for the next half hour, and he's thinking, that's why I think he was so, the injustice of that was why he just went bonkers at the end, and what a great bonkers it was, but... Um, that all these things sort of led up, and I'm wondering to myself is if he's going to take that enthusiasm for getting through and bring it into the Bristol game or not, in terms of his selection and his attitude, etc. He won't want to lose this now. We're we're, we're within touching distance. Um, the, you mentioned those celebrations. That Drummond um, with the crowd was one of my most favourite moments this season. It really was. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, it's just it stinks of how good things are at the, around the club right now. It was it was it was phenomenal. We, you mentioned the dive, and for me, there's just no doubt about it. The one thing I will say though is that Walker Walker should have a little bit more about him, considering Gray has gone away from goal. He didn't have to get that touch cl- close to him, um, but that's not putting down. To the mistake that uh, Madly made. But you, you talk about Walker. The thing that surprised me the most is he actually initially outpaced Walker, which I've not seen done before. Because the guy's a whippet. He's a mixture between a greyhound and a whippet sort of thing. <laughs> He's quick. Yeah. Over short distances, long distances, doesn't matter. And I just I couldn't believe he actually started to pull away from him before he's kind of put the afterburners on. So uh, I, I'm not holding Walker. I mean, that referee just seems to have it in for Walker. He was the one that sent him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Everton, yeah. About that. yeah. Against Everton. And then he goes and does that. And then he books, books Walker for diving. I just think, uh, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, what he's done to him in the past. Because I know they're both Yorkshire men. So I don't know what he's done to him in the past. But I'm telling you, there's not a, they're not on either, either's a Christmas card lists. How, um... Final note on the game, mate. How good was Bernardo Silva's performance? I Because uh, for me, we mentioned Gundogan knocking on the door. I really starting to feel that over the last two weeks, Bernardo Silva's really finding his feet the same way Sane did last year. He's really, yeah, really starting no to fit into this. I mean, Sane didn't really kick on um, until Christmas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then... And even at the end of the season, he seems to dip a bit when he seems to get knackered. So, but these are young guys, you know what I mean? Um, Bernardo Silva, he's, he's the ultimate in what I'd call sort of luxury player. It's like when we signed Nasri, you know, I'm thinking, well, where's he actually going to fit in? Yeah. And over the course of a season, they do get the chances. 
And what it means is, if we have a first-team player out, our drop-off is absolutely nowhere near as severe as a lot of other teams when they have a, a first-team player out because we've got some of that absolute quality just to come and step in. It's great. <laughs> right. We head into this weekend. Um, I'm going to say I'm confident again. I really am. I think we're going to win by about three goals. Um Bournemouth have a few injuries Defoe's out Harry Arter's out uh, Tyrone Mings is still definitely out and there was one other key player that was out still missing for them which is Josh King's a doubt so considering their injury woes the fact that they're quite an open and expansive team and the falls with the form we're in I'm quietly confident about this one tomorrow and uh, looking forward to it I think it'll be a good game I think there'll be uh, a good few goals in it is there anything about Bournemouth that worries you or is there anything about City at the moment that Worries you? What a stupid question that was. <laughs> well, I tell you, for some reason, and I have no idea why, I think we might draw this weekend. Whoa. Really? Well, yeah, I've just got this uh, feeling in my bones that I've got, I'm looking at it thinking we've just played all the big teams and then we're coming up against a team who we should, on paper, if it ends up 7 0 to City, I absolutely wouldn't be surprised. But. <laughs> And I'm just hoping that I've just I don't know why I've just got a feeling in my bones that if it was going down to the buckets stupidly I put a draw on this one. Oh wow, and that's coming from Mister Positivity himself. Jeez, that's the typical <laughs> city tag that can't be brushed off. Um, I think it's because I've had all the air cut off. It's going to be like Samson, you know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> all, all the power and energy just seems to. No, uh, don't get me wrong. We, on paper, we should be back with like seven nil. Yeah. Easy, you know, because they, they. You look at teams and the way they play, and you look at the way, for example, David Moyes set up United or set up West Ham United. Um, you'd be looking at it and thinking they know they're organised at the back and they they will make life difficult for us, but hopefully eventually we'll break them down. Bournemouth don't play that way. Bournemouth are like. Top heavy. Boxes. You have a punch, I have a punch. Yeah. You have a punch, I have a punch. And they're like Barry McGuigan getting into a ring with Mike Tyson. And it's you have a punch, I have a punch, and there's only ever going to be one winner. So, what are you going with? One all? For some strange reason, and I, as I said, I've no idea why. I'm going to go for one all. Okay, I'm going to go 3 0. Um, <laughs> final I think thing. You'll be right, but final thing to touch on uh, before you go yesterday a lot of the um, we seem to get a heads up about our transfer business over the next uh, 18 months with Van Dijk being eyed as our January target um, Julian Weigel coming in to replace Yaya Torre next summer and also as well Alexis Sanchez the city seemed to hold off um, a potential January move on Weigel and Van Dijk we'll touch on before you go um, one of the questions came in today saying, that, do you think that this is mind games from City? Do you also feel that it's possibly Guardiola literally thinking that it's okay, that he's not a necessity? Or do you think it's the business side of City that are saying, we're not going to spend money on a player, we're going to get for nothing in a couple of, couple of weeks' time? I think it's a mixture of a few other things. Uh, it's going to, who's, who's going to blink first? Yeah, yeah. Um, poker game. Uh, it is. I mean, Arsenal held all the cards last summer, mm-hmm. and now, quite literally, City hold all the cards because we all know where he's going. 
They've literally spent a million pounds a week to keep him. <laughs> yeah, it's and you're true. thinking, and this is for a guy who's he, he's not. He doesn't want to be there. Subconsciously, he doesn't want to be there. But he, his performances this year haven't been up to the standard that they have been in the past few years. You know, he's he's, he's dropped in the odd one. But if I he was he was the type of you know that typical South American who just you boot him and he just gets up and dribbles past you. Who will not give up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who will do snide little dates? Who just the Suarez's of this world? That's Bastards. You know, he, he, but he's up there, yeah. And it, that hasn't come through at all when he's playing for Arsenal this year. So they've kept it a million pound a week over to, to keep him. And tough is all I can say. What about Van Dyke, mate? Final question for you. Do you do you want to see City pay the money, and can you see City paying the money? So do I. I really do, and and judging by Once the. You've got that and cover for Fernandinho, or maybe even a slight upgrade on Fernandinho, depending. That's it then. The squad's absolutely locked down. Mm. Bring the fail back, maybe. Uh, I would. Danilo goes. Yeah. The fail back and have him and um, Walker rotating. It's absolutely nailed down. That's. What I think next year. I know it sounds daft. Next year is going to be our big year. I think we're going to be even better. Wow. The future's bright, the future's blue, folks. Quite a statement. Right, we'll end it there. Walter, wish you a very happy Christmas, my friend. And to you and every single person listening to this, man. I hope you all get what you want for Christmas. Peace, love and understanding. I just won three points on Saturday and also another three points <laughs> against Newcastle. As Walter echo, I echo completely those thoughts. Everyone who listened, thank you very much. Very happy Christmas to you all. Happy New Year. Um, Walter, thank you once again for joining me. Pleasure as always. And we'll oh, reconvene next week then. Indeed, we'll do one, Joe. See Christmas and New Year, we'll drop one in. Perfect. Take care. All right, pal. Ta- See you now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye bye.